Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's Russell and Medhurst on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. You know you want it. Your reactions now to yet another frustrating defeat by the Washington Commanders who did everything they possibly could offensively to light a 10-point fourth quarter lead on fire yesterday. We'll talk about it. 301-230-0980. Your tweets at Pete Medhurst, at WrestleMania621, at Mr. Underscore Me93 for Matty Ice on Twitter. As Kirk Cousins comes back to town and painfully extracts victory right out of the Washington rear end yesterday afternoon. Matty Ice on the other side of the glass. Be nice to him when you call in. Mr. Russell's on the other side of the glass. Chris, you were there. You had homage paid to you by an NFL player yesterday. It was a beautiful thing. (laughs) Someone finally recognizing you in a positive manner. Yes. None of this. You suck. You're a negative guy on Twitter. It was a it was a Peter positive moment in the interview room yesterday with the former quarterback of the Washington Commanders. It wasn't Rip the Rooster Friday, which, by the way, I went back and I listened to on uh, on the Odyssey Rewind, uh, not Odyssey Rewind, Odyssey uh, podcasts uh, on the Odyssey app on my phone yesterday morning before leaving for the game. I like Rip the Rooster Friday. Oh, I mean, if uh, if uh, oh. before we get to the game, am I sorry? Am I supposed to move this? Oh one? no, it was um, I was like all up in my grill yeah, here. I it's, was like, a, it, it's just this studio is just <laughs> when um, we leave this studio, strange oh, things man, happen. Um, I, so I kind of like Rip the Rooster Friday. So we should probably incorporate that. You know, it's it, it, I mean everybody's got like themed and you know stuff, right? Uh, Today is a misery Monday. You know, it's uh, bleep you Thursday. It's it's this day. It's that day. Whatever. We don't really have a whole lot of days. Days. Uh, but what we could do is have Rip the Rooster Friday. I think I think I like that uh, for the show. Now, uh, what you're referring to is Kirk Cousins. Um, and listen, before we get into the game, I'll, I'll just say this. I mean, it was very nice of Kirk to to say that, do that. Um, you know, we met up pregame uh, in the tunnel, uh, John Kime and, and, and myself with, with Kirk. And uh, and it wasn't just Kirk. I mean, it was, you know, Ben Kotwika, uh, uh, who's been a guest of ours several times. Uh, Wes Phillips, the former tight ends coach here, 
Uh, Kevin O'Connell, the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, came out and spent a few minutes with us. Greg Minuski, the former defensive coordinator. Keenan McCardell, uh, former wide receivers coach for a year here and uh, also was at Maryland. Um, you know, a bunch of other staff and support people. You know, the Minnesota Vikings are loaded with X connections to here. And listen, whatever you think about the Vikings, they were far from impressive yesterday outside of that opening drive. Pete, but they've won a bunch of games. They've won a bunch of games like yesterday. Maybe not exactly that script coming from 10 points down, 14 minutes left to go, but they've won a bunch of close games. They've won a bunch of games that they are not perfect in by any means. Mm -hmm. But you know what they are? They're resilient, number one. They've got some fortitude and some and 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 a spine. And they don't kill themselves as much as other teams do. And that leads us right into the commanders. No matter what you think about Kirk Cousins and all that, how ironic was it that in his first game back here in five years, people pick on him about not being able to win in primetime. It's not exactly accurate because he's done fine on Sunday night football, including many big wins here. People pick on him about primetime. You know what they also used to pick on? Fourth quarter comebacks and game-winning drives. What did Kirk Cousins do yesterday? Uh, that would, well, yes. I mean, they were down yes. They were down 17-7 with 14 right. minutes and then went on a game-winning drive that was aided by a controversial penalty, which which we'll get to here. Yeah. But but the, the the commanders and their crappy offense did not have the ball for the final six and a half minutes of the game. In a 17-17 game, after the turnover, after the Dalvin Cook touch, we'll get to it all. But the point being is, Kirk Cousins has been criticized for a couple of things. Again, A, not being able to win in primetime games. Again, not all true. Um, not saying he's great, but he was really good in some Sunday night spots here. Uh, I don't know what his record is with the Vikings. I know it's not great on Monday night football. All that, I don't care. A day ending in Y at night, this, that, buzz off. I understand he's only got one playoff win. I understand he's folded and not played well in a couple of big weeks. I got it all. I understand. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. It's a hard as you know what league. But fourth quarter comeback, down 10. Now, maybe you say, well, if he wasn't so spotty in between, they're not down 10. Hey, that's a good Washington defense. I think as we've come to know and we've talked about, down 10 with 14 and change left to go. And, yes, they get the big interception and, more importantly, the huge return. Uh, and then immediately two plays later, the Dalvin Cook touchdown. But you've got to put that into place. You've got to execute in the red zone against, as we talked about on Friday, Pete, a very good red zone defensive team. And then on top of that, you've got to execute enough, converting on a couple of big third downs, including one in the left flat to TJ Hawkinson, to set up the potential game winning field, or the go-ahead field goal that you get from Greg Joseph. Then take that off the board. Then execute a little bit more to make sure you don't score and give Washington the ball back, then kick the field goal that ultimately turns into the go-ahead game winner with 12 seconds left. You know, when you, I mean, again, when you have a chance to close out the game in the fourth quarter, early fourth quarter, you could have put this game away. And the the interception opens the door 
to helping them get back in the game by Harrison Smith. That's really the 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 one that's the play. Minnesota needed a play from that side of their team. Otherwise, they're not maybe not getting back in the game because the Washington defense was tremendous. I'm not sure John Allen and Deron Payne could do any more than they did yesterday. And at some point, you know, you got to sue for spousal support. You know, we talk about complimentary football all the time. Brian Mitchell and Doc Walker, two men who played this game at an elite level. Okay? Championship-level players. Okay? Not mediocre guys that stuck around the league for a year or two, got a few checks, and now show up at Washington alumni functions like they were 15-year Redskins. Mm -hmm. No, that's not them. Okay? They talk about it all the time. Jay Gruden talks about it all the time when he he joins us at 10 o'clock every Monday. You know, complimentary football is real. Okay, complimentary football is real. The teams that win usually get something out of both sides of the football and even special teams. Wasted yesterday was Dax Milne's best day as a punt returner. Yeah. By far. Had several good punt returns uh, for Washington yesterday that either saved hidden yardage on balls inside the 20 and even actually had multiple returns um, that got Washington out in decent field position beyond 10 yards on the return. By far, 15's best game. Yep, uh, as well, a Washington and, and, commander and caught a touchdown. Right, that's what I'm saying. And, ha- and had and and also had uh, one of those punt returns that you're referencing wiped out because of a Rashad Wild Goose penalty. Correct. Uh, which which cost them 22 yards of field position. So you know you you're getting you were getting things since in on teams yesterday. Mm-hmm. The defense, which look after week two, man, they've done their part. They really have. Benjamin St. Juice yesterday played like a freaking all-pro against Justin Jefferson for a lot of that game, for the targets that Justin Jefferson gets, for the type of high, you know, high-risk, high-reward throws that they throw to Jefferson in the end zone. I mean, St. Juice on that first drive, they kept throwing at him, throwing at him. He'd make play, he'd make play, and then Jefferson would make play because that's what Justin Jefferson does. Mm -hmm. But even on a couple of those, I mean, St. Juice is right there. So 25 plays his rear end off yesterday. Fuller makes a couple of nice plays against Thielen during the course of the game. You go to the fourth quarter, this Vikings operation with Cook, Thielen, Hawkinson now, who they targeted a lot yesterday, Jefferson, Osborne, who's a really good wide receiver three, that, that unit's got seven points going to the fourth quarter. I don't know what more the defense has to do you know, I mean, you get put in a sudden change situation when Harrison Smith gets the interception. But, you know, I mean, I just felt for those guys yesterday. They played great. And I got to look up the numbers specifically on this year. But there is a there is a trend, Chris, that is developing right now with this Washington team as it pertains to having a certain individual at quarterback. And that... That trend is 17 points. It is uncanny. Seven games he started last year, 17 points or less. Since he took over here, this is back-to-back 17-point games. Got away with it last week because you were playing a cockroach at quarterback. You didn't get away with it yesterday because you opened the door enough for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings to get a couple more chances and they are good enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. By the way, Indianapolis, how's that quarterback change going? Mm. You look like a great club. Mm. New Not England, good. New no, England, no bueno. New England rolled in there with its yeah. chaos. 
and smoked out the Colts yesterday. Yep. Yep. So the the trend of 17 points being our peak, because how many plays are we wasting here? Bates, wide up and down the left side. Can't hit him. Overthrown pass, intercepted by Harrison Smith, gets the Vikings back in the game. Balls batted down at the line of scrimmage become wasted plays. There are plays where guys are open. Mm -hmm. For all the grief Scott Turner does get, and at times deservedly so, but there are times guys are wide open and it becomes wasted plays because we can't throw the ball beyond the line of scrimmage because somebody's going to put their paw up and knock it down. Could we roll the pocket out? Yes, and that was my biggest complaint yesterday. When I got dudes that are just batting balls down left and right, roll the pocket, move the pocket. That is on Scott Turner. He can. He can control that. But there's a reason why your backup quarterback is your backup quarterback. Those reasons were on display yesterday because, again, for all of the hype and the love, and we love the guy because he's a hell of a story, the perseverance, and he's a good dude. He's not some jackass that's on the roster that you know you, you don't root for. You root for Taylor Heineke. You root for guys like him to get it. But 17 points is the peak, and we can't win games scoring 17 points. We can't win enough games to be a playoff contender scoring 17 points. And you look at the teams that are coming up the rest of the way. Some of those teams are better than they were supposed to be. And all of you people that want to keep you know, hallucinating, I've never done drugs in my life, so I don't know what hallucinating feels like, but some of your opinions certainly seem to match that right now. If you think this team right now is a legit playoff contender, the defense is playing like it, but I don't trust this offense right now to get the job done enough against these teams coming up down the stretch, of which they're a double-digit underdog this week yep. going to Philadelphia. Giving that game away yesterday was a crusher crusher for those of you that mathematically believe in the numbers and the mathematics still operate well for Washington but they've also got to win some of these games coming up too and I have a huge huge question mark about that all right 301-230-0980 is your phone number to call two-way sports talk as always actually three-way I guess uh if you consider I had a great three-way in Cincinnati over the weekend hello Skyline chili. I saw some of the pictures. Spaghetti, Ugh. chili, and cheese. I'm so proud of you that you had chili. You said you didn't like chili. I'm not a big chili guy, but in this concoction, I'm going to try and make this at home. I'm going to try and make this at home uh-huh. because it was freaking delicious. I saw a picture on Scott Strassmeyer's Twitter, yes. the Navy SID. Mm-hmm. I've seen... The three way and the four way and the five way and whatever at Skyline Chili in Cincinnati before. I've never. I've only been to Cincinnati once in my life for two hours. It was the morning Jim Zorn got fired mm. as head coach of the Washington Redskins in uh, a holdover. I actually did a hit with the Junkies live from Cincinnati International Airport. But I've never been able to get to Cincinnati for any kind of leisure, any kind of meal, whatever. However, I am well versed in Cincinnati chili. I'm so proud of you that you had that. Uh, it looked delicious, and it is so, I'm sure, bad for you between the carbs <laughs> and the meat 
and the sauce and the cheese. The cheese is out of this world. If you have never seen a presentation, what's Scott on Twitter? Just at Scott Strassmeyer, I believe, right? Is that uh, is that correct? I believe that is uh, the case. I don't know. I follow him. Uh, he follows me, whatever. I'm looking it up real quickly. At Scott Strassmeyer. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. At Scott Strauss. Uh, at Scott, double T, uh, S-T-R-A-S, Navy S-I-D, of course. Uh, and he's got some wonderful, 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 wonderful pictures uh, up there from this uh, meal that you guys all went out to. So I was so proud of you, uh, number one. Um, but I, so 301 listen, we can start with the, the, the Taylor Heineke component of this, but I think for our show, I think there's a couple of areas that we should focus on first before we get to the never-ending debate on how good or how inconsistent or how mediocre or how whatever Taylor Heineke is. Pete, he is what he is. At this point, we know what he they, is. I mean, they, he look. is never going to be a a a premier or like anything more than an above average at best starter at best at best he's not anything more than that again we can have I mean, this so debate. many people are talking about sam Howell. he's trending I, well people are idiots They've never seen Sam Howell play in a regular season game. Teams under 500 scoring 17 points a game with the defense is playing their rear end off. I know. And I, I can understand the sentiment, though. Uh, look, I, should, I shouldn't be so mean and say people are idiots. Okay, let me back up. Let me rewind. Hit the dump button on that. I no, mean, dump. look, there was, Chris, I, listen, Chris, they scored. They they, they netted 149 yards passing against I, a team ranked listen, 28th in pass defense. Listen, Taylor Heineke is not that good. We, we all know the answer here. I mean, you know, everyone except for, and we love her, Dr. Sabah, everyone oh, no, knows. Was, no, 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 no. Remember, there were a bunch of people jumping on Matt's offer for a, uh, for know, a Taylor but, Heineke but, fan but, club but that, card. I think that's because it, it's like the best of, of, of every bad option. I mean, I like Taylor Heineke, too, compared to Carson Wentz, because Carson Wentz sucks. Or he ain't good. Or he's very flawed. He's different than Heineke, but he's very flawed. We all know that this team cannot survive scoring 17 points a game, scoring even less in the first half yesterday than they did in the previous two games, in which the Green Bay and Indianapolis first halves were awful, but at least they scored a touchdown in each one of those two first halves. Now, Heineke was cooking with gas a little bit in the third quarter. He should have been picked, or it should have at least been broken up on the 49-yard touchdown pass to Curtis Samuel. There is no doubt that that converging triple safety that got knocked out by the official would have at yeah. least been able to break that up. Or So don't buy into the notion that, hey, Taylor Heineke, uh, you, you, you buy into the notion, lightning in a bottle, magic out of his hat, all that stuff. Got it. He ain't great. He ain't good. He's above average at best, at best, period. Now, that being said, we can debate that from now until kingdom come. Eventually, Carson Wentz is going to get his opportunity. It's obviously not going to come this Monday night against Philadelphia. I don't even believe it's going to come against Houston. They have two days of practice after the Monday night game before going on the road at Houston. There's no way they can bring – they would be – 
in my opinion, very, 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 very reckless to bring Carson Wentz back after a month off on two days of practice. But anyway, we can get into that as we go along. So I think I mean, me, I mean uh, and, and I'll, I'm willing to look at it from two different perspectives here. And if it's not the quarterback, which is fine, we can have that debate. You're there. You see the whole field while you're watching it because you have a great view from the end zone. Is it, is it the play calling or is it the operation and execution of said plays? I think some. I, I think some of it is is that some of it is the actual execution of the quarterback, and it's going to take me longer than what we have right now to set this up and analyze it. But here's what I what I know. Okay, a couple of times they booted him out in the second half, one on the fourth down and one failure. That should have been a first down. That ball is in Terry's hands. It's in his breadbasket. Now it's contested, but that should have been, that wasn't like and everybody in the press box had a major problem with that. Listen, people, I have no idea what you bleep and want. You guys hated the pistol shotgun runs yes last week, even though one of them was well, successful. He was under center though on the play. He was under Just center in this particular sneak? spot. It was a bootleg. It was a design boot to get him into space to isolate the field. He threw it. It was right there. I don't want to say Terry has to catch that. Mm, I mean, you know, it, it's contested, but I mean, I would love to see Terry snatch that. It wasn't a terrible design. It wasn't a terrible call. It wasn't a terrible throw. It wasn't terrible anything. It didn't work out. Here's the bottom line. They got him out into space on another on another sprint rollout completion to Curtis Samuel. Again, you cannot do that by design. Every play, every series, every snap, there's too many problems, which we will go once again into too many problems. To me, yesterday came down to more than Taylor Heineke's inefficiency and the interception and the lucky touchdown and all that. The John Ridgeway, obviously, penalty and the Benjamin St. Juice defensive pass interference. I want to come back, break do- those two down quickly with you, and then we see you guys out on the line. Uh, we got Little, we got v- Van, we got Sabah, we got Ron, we've got Jeff, we've got uh, Allen, we've got uh, seven people uh, waiting on hold already. We will get to you at 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980, but I want to break down quickly those two penalties because they completely changed the landscape of yesterday's fourth quarter meltdown. All right, three one two three zero zero nine eighty. Look, Maddie's got the eighth line lit right now, so you're going to get a busy signal. Wait till we get into the calls. Get your chance to get in line here. We will get to you. Get your reaction to Washington's loss yesterday to the Minnesota Vikings, and of course, staring at the ominous Philadelphia Eagles coming up next week on Monday Night Football. Three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. Streaming live for free on a Monday morning, right here on the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
301-230-0980. Getting to the calls here in just a second. Breaking out a couple of the key plays that went against Washington yesterday. Not necessarily. I mean, I guess you, if you want to label them controversial, you can. But when you go into intent, letter of the law, what officials, the subjectivity, certainly in, vo- in both calls, because I think there is some level of subjectivity. But at the same time, when you think about it, you know, great preparation by both coaching staffs. We talk about preparation, attention to detail mm-hmm. when it comes to execution by players, preparation by coaches. Certainly, in one of the calls, attention to detail, probably one of the big reasons why those calls, uh, you know, were made. But two plays that, again, because of the nature, and Chris, let's face it, when you're talking about the Ridgeway call and you're talking about P.I., you're just talking about significant circumstances that go against you with each call because they're just gigantic, gigantic circumstances uh, it's a huge penalty to pay. The Ridgeway penalty didn't cost them, per se, any points. It just cost them the valuable time that they did not have. Now, there's multiple reasons why they did not have that time, which we'll get into over the course of the show. But specific to the Ridgeway call, Ron Rivera has already met with the media this morning again because he's flying out for his mom's uh, funeral. So he'll be away from the team for a couple of days. Uh, with the extra time to prepare, uh, he should be back by Thursday, is my understanding. When they have Thursday, Friday, Saturday full practices, they'll have basically like an extra walkthrough type thing on Wednesday. Um, Ron, again this morning, according to Nikki Javala, quote, I don't agree with the call. I went and looked at it 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 and looked at it. No, he said it four times. Uh, not six times like I just did. And I mean, he didn't hit him with his shoulder pads. He didn't hit him with his helmet. He crossed over and caught him with his hip as he was going into the gap. Now, what he said last night was Ridgeway and anybody that is in that position is taught to cross the face of the long snapper, cross the face of the center or the long snapper in this particular case, so that you don't immediately bowl them over basically with their head down upon snapping the football. The center right. snapper is in a very vulnerable vulnerable position. I think everybody understands that. Here's the deal. <clears throat> Ridgeway does cross the face of the long snapper. The official in the moment, and Walt Anderson said, senior VP, not the official on the field, but Walt Anderson, who presumably has spoken to the officials by this point via pool report last night with Nikki, said he was called for forcible contact to the head and neck area post-snap. Again, I can't see specifically in that mash of people forcible contact to the head and neck area and Ron saying he doesn't see it either. All I know is live in the moment and on replay from a distance until I can blow it up somehow. All I know is the long snapper gets absolutely trucked by Ridgeway, right? But he does cross the face of the long snapper. So Ron's point about how they teach the technique, I think is fair. He does cross the face. Maybe he gets him with his hip, Pete. Maybe he gets him with his shoulder. Maybe it's just the sheer force. I don't know. But either way, in the moment, they thought, apparently, they saw forcible contact to the head and neck area. Now, whether that's right, wrong, whatever, I don't know. Here's one thing I'll add, and here's the clarity. I believe strongly... I'll just say it like this. 
that they were looking for that. They were looking for that specific penalty and violation is what I understand. Um, Washington apparently has done this and did this earlier in the game. And they were, you know, looking for it. And if that's true, and I believe it to be true, then maybe it didn't take the same emphasis that it normally would take if you're not specifically zeroed in on it, but maybe because they were looking for it, yeah. they were more aware. I mean, it's good potential. I mean, however, you know, however the officials were made aware of it, it's good attention to detail by, you know, the other staff, maybe a player, maybe the long snapper comes out, you know, and tells the umpire, you know, hey, they're doing this to me, tells the center judge mm-hmm. or somebody going back to the uh, sideline, mm-hmm. you know, pro- and the center judge then shares that with the umpire who has the mechanic on that call. That is the umpire's call. Same guy that throws holding and all that other stuff. So, you know, however it gets communicated to the officials there, and that's quite possible. Could have been the holder. Could have been the kicker. Could have been the, the long snapper himself. It might have been. Could have been, could have been the long snapper himself. Maybe he goes over to his coaches. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And says, hey, here's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And they're making contact with right. me when they're not supposed to. And then they can look at it on the iPad. Absolutely. And confirm that that's right. what they're doing, or at least believe that's right. what they're doing, so, and, and make a point of emphasis. It doesn't take much. I mean, the long snapper could have gone over to the center mm-hmm. judge or the referee and just said, hey, next time, can you all watch for this? And they they got the call. Yeah. They yep. got the call. And I'm with you. That is a detail, Chris, that, in my opinion— Unless you make the – because I've seen this at the college level called this year already because somebody actually makes the mistake of lining right up over the center. Right. And you can't do that. You can't do that. Can't line up right over that top That changed, of it. what, roughly like eight to ten years ago, somewhere in that range, at yeah. least in the NFL? Yeah. Because it's a it's a, it's a health – and like I used to talk to Nick Sunberg. Actually, we should get Sunberg on the show if he's willing to come on mm-hmm. and explain some of this. Um I mean, you're all the way bent over. Your head and neck are in a vulnerable position for somebody to leapfrog you, leap onto you. Bulldoze you. Bulldoze you. (coughs) Excuse me. Which is exactly what happened to the long snapper. He got bulldozed, but Ron's contention is he got hit by his hip, by Ridgeway's hip and body, as opposed to... As as opposed to well, a forcible I mean, it's blow just to like, the head. You know, neck. How, you know how sometimes chop blocks are misinterpreted by umpires Absolutely. because a guy is engaged with another blocker yeah. and that Absolutely. defensive lineman may drive the offensive lineman yeah. into another player. And that, you had a good example. I'm sorry, you had a good point in in the break, <clears> right? With with targeting, right? Some, yeah. Sometimes targeting or just because it's a big hit. Everybody, oh, it's got to be targeting. Right. Got to be targeting. Well, as it turns out, shoulder to the chest is not targeting. That's why I love the college interpretation of targeting because while it's more punitive, they allow the officials to go to back and it. actually Absolutely. review it, which is the correct and proper. I think, uh, process. though, I I will tell you though, especially based on the way Walt Anderson, the head of officiating, interpreted that. Even if that was a reviewable call yesterday, I don't think it gets reversed. I don't believe so either. I don't think it would have been in reverse because, right. you know, Walt comes out and defends his guys, which, you know, nine times out of ten, uh, they're probably going to do. Meanwhile, Maybe they'll have a different interpretation of it privately, but right. uh, don't know. But, but if it, like, look, I don't expect a lot of Commanders fans to be sitting here and going, oh, my God, they got totally screwed just because Ron says they got screwed. Listen, I understand what Ron has said. 
Got it. I understand Ron's interpretation. I understand their interpretation. Well, Ron's uh, I don't trying th- to defend the technique Absolutely. they're teaching. That's Absolutely. what that. That's Absolutely. what that is. I don't think this is something to go. Uh, like kicking and screaming to the league. And I mean, they will, they'll complain, but But, I don't think this is something where you say, oh my God, that cost us the entire game. Now that it's been called, every other team's going to be on the lookout for it. Absolutely. It cost them a chance to tie up the game. Uh, Once again, it did not cost them the game. Quickly, uh, before we get to the calls, the St. Juice defensive pass interference, which wipes out the pick six up 17-7, would have made it 24-7 with about 12 and a half minutes left to go. Instead, they get a field goal on that drive because of the penalty. Uh, I thought it was a good call. I thought it was a battle. I thought they were fighting for the ball. I thought St. Juice's head was turned around in the right area. I understand hand fighting, but I thought he was grabbing onto Jefferson's left shoulder and his uniform right before the ball got there. Did you have a problem? Again, here's where we get to the subjectivity of DPI. I thought for a good here's why here's why that call makes you go, ah. They let St. Just and Jefferson, I think, go at it a little bit yesterday. There were plenty of other pass plays where, by letter of the law, could you call both guys Mm -hmm. for either OPI or DPI? Mm -hmm. By letter of the law, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I thought, though, for a decent portion of this game, this crew let let them go play kind of advantage disadvantage mm-hmm. which is what i mean that's the principle we were all brought up on in officiating did what happened cause an advantage or disadvantage for either player in that situation and what did it cause jefferson a disadvantage probably so i, I by, and again by letter of the law the officials correct to throw the flag there and that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Is he right by letter of the law, by in- interpretation of the rule book, and have what he's supposed to do? Yes. Yes. Okay. Tough I'm with call. you. I'm with you on that. All right. Uh, let's get to it. I mean, obviously, those two calls lead to at least three points for the Vikings to make it 17-10, but more importantly, wipe seven points off the board. Six, definite, maybe seven, and maybe an insurmountable 24-7 lead. 100%. With, four minute, uh, with the, you know, roughly about 12 minutes left to go. So much to talk about. Let's get to it uh, on the phones. Let's go to line one. Little gets us going here on a Monday morning. What's up, Little? Hey, top of the morning, gentlemen. What I want to um, give my condolences to the Joe Gibbs um, family. Yeah. Oh, Joe Gibbs and his family. First, first of all, I just want to make a couple of statements, man. Y'all just fall, just listen to me on this. Man, look, Heineke is a momentum-type quarterback. You know what I'm saying? You got to call some plays. And, you know, Pete, I'm at the game. I, the whole, our whole section, we sit back saying, man, just a matter of time, he's going to overthrow somebody, man. You know what I'm saying? And to get him out of the pocket, at least on third downs. You know, you call a read option for this young man. He gets you nine yards. He can prove he can take a hit. He got legs to get around the corner. But when you roll him out the pocket, Pete, at least on third downs. That's all we're asking, Norv Turner. And one more, one other thing. Have you noticed when Norv Turner get an explosive running play, he don't come back to it. Man, he ran the read option to the left. Come back to the right, man. See, this is the kind of stuff, man. I'm sitting at the game, man. I'm telling you, man. I left the game at halftime to go pick up my wife, man. And I, I'm on the radio listening. Man, they're getting explosive call. But, man, for some reason, man, this clown, and then I would like to know, I would want somebody to ask Coach 
if Ben standing, I hope he's going to have a meeting with this coach. I hope he's listening there. Coach Turn, I mean, Coach um, Verver, man, you got to get what you call it, Pete, the cahoose. You got to have some testicles, man, to tell your coordinator, say, man, get him out the pocket, man. Get him out the pocket, at least on third down. Hey, look, Chris, Sabah's coming at you, man. Because, look, Heineken, we know Heineken is not a great – we know this. But you got to call play like, – like Doc say, you can't put a square peg in a round hole. You got to call momentum plays for this guy, man. Get this cat on the road and then get him some confidence. We know he's not a type of quarterback that can drop back in the pocket. The man ain't, but he, I'm 6'2". I ain't got him no more than 5'11". How gotcha. the hell he going to drop back and just stop trying to be a gunslinger? Because that's Norm Turner mentality. And he's got a soft demeanor. Because when every 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 supposed to play, y'all, if y'all pay attention, for since this man been calling plays, running plays, he don't want to look good on running plays. He want to look flashy. And that's what's killing us, man. Uh, that's what hey, a look, lot of offensive coordinators y'all want. Y'all stay up, man. Yeah. Y'all stay up. God God bless you. Hey, hey, hey Chris, big yeah. fella. Sabah's coming at you, buddy. I know. <laughs> uh, everybody's, out, always, everybody's always coming at me. Uh, what are we going to do on Friday? We're going to uh, rip Russell Friday. R- r- no, uh, rip the rooster Friday. Rip the rooster Friday. I, I rip the rooster Friday. Absolutely. There you, go. there you go. All right. We'll have more calls, obviously, coming up. We see you all. Uh, James, Sabah, Ron, Jeff. Uh, Bones, Lou, Rick, we're getting to y'all. Just be patient. Jay Gruden coming up just after 10 o'clock, but we will run through all the phone calls in just a moment. 301-230-0980. Lots to talk about. Chris tells us what's trending. All right, one more game to go in this week eight of the National Football League season. It's tonight, the Baltimore Ravens visiting the New Orleans Saints, 8-15, the kickoff for Monday Night Football. Meanwhile, here in the district, a little bit of a later start than normal. Capital One Arena, the Edmonton Oilers, who made it, of course, to the NHL's Western Finals last year with Connor McDavid, one of the best players, if not the best player in the game, against Alex Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals at 8 o'clock. Uh, face-off there, of course, all the action, 106.7, the fan beginning at 7.45. And Ron Rivera already meeting with the media, as we discussed. Not happy still with NFL officiating on the Jonathan Ridgeway uh, penalty, which extended the drive for Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings as they snap the commander's three-game winning streak, and that's what's trending. Three one two three zero zero nine eighty. That's how you get to us here on a misery Monday. Washington lets one slip away. Maybe we let I me, mean, Chris. You think about it now. Games that winnable: Tennessee, Minnesota, the clunker of a first half in Detroit. I mean, it's going to come back to haunt this team. Otherwise, otherwise, mathematically, yes, they'd be very much yeah. in the hunt for a playoff spot. But. That's the difference between good teams yes. and the difference between bad teams. Consistency and bringing it for four quarters each and every week. Let's go back to the phones. 301-230-0980. Let's go to line two. James in Maryland's up first. What's up, James? Good morning. How are you all this morning? James, how are you? Yes, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Can you? Okay, yeah. How are you all this morning? Good. Thank you. Well, I just want to say, uh, uh, first of all, let me say I'm a Heineken fan. I like the guy. I think he has a lot of 
spirit. He has a lot of, uh, you know, that oomph or whatever it is. But Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, since he's come back this year, he has not been as accurate as he was last year at certain times. Balls sail on him. I mean, you can almost never expect that he can just simply throw a 20-yard pass or a 30-yard pass and it be accurate, you know, for, for more times than not. Every time he drops back or even when he rolls out, when he throws the ball, I hold my breath that it will be just a simple, you know, pass from the quarterback to the receiver. And I was noticing Kirk. I mean, Kirk can get you a 20-yard pass. It's rather accurate. And, and, and like I say, I love the guy as a football player, but he's not the answer. And I'm of the position, of the position that at, at when we get mathematically out of it, why not just go to Howell and see what we have there? Because Wentz is absolutely not the answer either. Uh, I would agree with you completely on that. Just by the way, Taylor Heineke this year, 63% uh, completion rate. Uh, appreciate the phone call, James. 63% completion rate for what, again, whatever that's worth. It's not, it doesn't tell the whole story. Last year, just, you know, based on, again, 16 games played, 15 starts. He was at uh, 65%. So it is accurate to say he is less accurate this year statistically by two percentage points. Pete, here's my problem. He's not accurate enough for a guy that has a limited arm and limited height. He's not accurate enough around the line of scrimmage and in the short passing area. Like everybody says, oh, you know, don't run the ball. Use the short passing game. I have this argument every week with Grant. He's not accurate enough in that area for me. And and I think statistically and your eye test, it's not just the past knockdowns. He is not accurate enough laterally or horizontally, which is often how this passing game has to work. Yeah. I mean, and that's the problem. And yesterday when you tried to get vertical, uh, that's when you had batted balls and overthrown passes. Yep. All right, let's get her. Before Jay Gruden gets in here, you know her, you love her. It's the president of the Taylor Heineke Fan <laughs> Club. She's on trial this morning, though. Defend your man, Sabah. Defend your man. I know. I know. You know, I love calling you guys. At least we can have an adult conversation. Okay? He didn't play his best. I got that. But I tell you, his coach does not help him out. His coach doesn't help him out. You know, we don't ever go up tempo. That's where he's best. I don't say the whole game. Just some. Even when you had that third and one, why would you challenge? Just go up tempo. Hike, go. You know? Um, he, he did have some inaccurate throws, but, you know, Wentz has those too. And Wentz got all preseason with his guys. This guy didn't. Um, you know, he's not going to be his finished product like all you haters want to say he is. And I didn't say you guys are haters. But he hasn't gotten a full off season of prep and all the reps with these guys. I mean, he just hasn't. And it's clearly him and Logan Thomas something's off because him and Logan Thomas were money uh, last season. And um, I just want to do no huddle, do some read option, move the pocket. He's not just a shorter version of uh, Wentz. So, you know, did he play his best? No. Could we have won the game with him? Yes. Did the coaches do him any favors? No. And, you know, I gave him a C uh, performance. But, again, his interceptions kill the team. When Kurt throws an interception, it's okay. And Kurt's touchdown passes were all 50-50 balls to uh, Diggs. He was covered. Every pass he threw to Diggs, he was covered. But, you know, Diggs won that matchup. And I thought St. Jude's played a great game, and Diggs killed it on offense. 
So I'm frustrated. I'm upset. I don't think it's a referendum on Heineke, but the the haters are going to make it that way. I don't want to see Wentz ever again. I don't think we would have been close if Wentz was in that game. But if Scott Turner could just move the pocket and help his quarterback out, that would be great. But I don't think it's going to happen, guys. I'm very dejected. I'm very upset and very sad this morning. Sabah, appreciate you. I love you guys. Love, Love you too. Shoes, Be good. Have a great day. The problem is you can't do that every play. And when he gets out of the pocket, it's because he weaves his way through the pocket, stepping up and then stepping out to try and get, um, you know, an off-schedule play. When Even when you design it, you know, there's still no guarantee it's going to work because now you're – Oh, giving him just one third of the field in which to operate. You want to go to which yeah, one? Let's get one more. Let's, All right, let's get, go to uh, uh, line. Uh, why don't we go line six here? All right, let's go to Bones in Southeast. What's up, Bones? Hey, what's going on with my main man, Russo? What's up, Pete? Hey, you know, oh, pal. Check it out, man. I'm, 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 I'm right along with Little and Sabah, man. You know, I, I know Heineken's not great, but you understand, uh, the coaching staff, they were familiar with Heineken before he got here. You know, they the reason why Heineken is on the team. You know what I mean? And after last season, they still kept Heineken on the team. You know? Um, so, uh, you got all these people, you know, talking about Heineken, the reason why we lost the game. Nah, every player that's on that roster is the reason why we lost the game. And just like Sabah said, man, the coach and offensive coordinator need to work with this guy. All these weapons you got, I'm looking at the Chiefs. And Patrick Mahomes in their play last night, how Patrick Mahomes rolling out of the pocket, they throwing short five-step, five, uh, I mean, uh, uh, five-yard passes, dinking and dunking all the way down the field. You know what I mean? But, uh, uh, but our offensive coordinator, you got Heineke dropping back five, six steps, and he's already, what, five, eleven, six feet. He can't see over, you know what I mean? And then the defensive lineman, they blocking the ball four or five or six times, you know. I mean, come on, man, work with the guy, man. Bones, you make, know, a, Bones, you make a great point. Great. Bones, you make a great point. Appreciate yeah. the call because we got to get to the top of the hour here. But I noted this yesterday. I, I watched one of these plays out of the gun, and I'm like, man, he's – usually when you're in the gun, you're already five yards behind the center. You take three – and at the most, five on plays like that. There were plays, if you watch his footwork, he has taken six and seven you know, yards even after he takes the snap. So now, now he's 12 yards before the ball ever gets out. And that is a timing issue. Guys are coming open. If you throw it when you're at five, when they're, when they're in their breaks, Maybe you get a completion, but you take that extra step or two, that gives the safety a chance to come over and help, gives the linebacker another step or two going back in the passing lane, and it's also now tougher, even tougher for you to see because you're looking through even more players. I mean, you go back and watch some of those plays, and if he's supposed to take seven-step drops after taking a shotgun snap, to me, that's poor technique, and they got to clean that up. They got to clean that up because that's... That's just that's more that's more time for the defensive lineman to get to you, as we saw yesterday being a problem too. Zadarius Smith getting in there and being a problem. So three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. We'll talk about that technique issue with Jay Gruden. 
of course, a former quarterback himself, longtime NFL coordinator, and of course, the head coach at one point here in Washington. We talk with Jay next in Touchdown at 10 right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.